to SWAT Radio. I am David Gray, along with my good friend and SWAT brother, Bob Grauman, who is in today with me. Uh, we are in for Doug McCary and Brad Sykes, who are both away, and uh, Bob and I have known each other for a long time. Bob has actually uh, done SWAT Radio a couple times with Doug, and of course he's known to his closest few hundred friends as Bobby G. <laughs> Come on. So, man, it's good Glad to have to you with here, us. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, we are we are happy to have you here, Bob. And uh, we've got a few uh, different combinations of hosts here over the next week with Brad being with family in Texas and Doug on the road a little bit. So we're really glad glad that you could be here. Uh, for those of you who are new to SWAT Radio or, or who perhaps haven't listened for a while, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, SWAT Bible studies meet on a weekly basis at a variety of locations around uh, Jacksonville and in St. Augustine. Doug uh, McCary of His Light Ministries uh, leads the SWAT Bible studies, and the SWAT radio program is an outgrowth of our SWAT Bible studies. Um, And SWAT is based uh, on the pillars of God's Word, of prayer, of discipleship, evangelism, and community. And, of course, we are, uh, in particular, a men's ministry, but, of course, we know we have uh, women that listen to the program, and we've had women call in, and we're thrilled uh, to have any of, of you listening today. As we go through um, in Acts 17 today, which we're going to be looking at, you are welcome to call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And just by way of reminder, we have been in Acts chapter 17, and today we will be looking, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about this more later uh, more in a study way, the way Brad and I have been trying to model on Fridays, uh, a, a way of studying the text, uh, if you're studying individually or in a discipleship situation, just some questions that you can use as a guide, and we will talk about those a little bit later. But, Bob, we are, we've had unbelievable weather, and now, of course, we're getting a little rain, and uh, the big uh, Florida-Georgia game is tomorrow here in Jacksonville. The big game tomorrow. I was... Recently on a flight down from Atlanta to Jacksonville, and it's typical during that week. It is packed with Georgia Bulldogs. You know, the red and the black is flowing. Yep. It's pretty amazing what it does for our city, but it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. It's, it's a fun. great tradition. I, I have not been down there for a long time, um, but I've read the stories and I've talked to people. I know that there are people who take a week's vacation both Florida fans and Georgia oh, yeah. fans, and they come down and they park RVs in the stadium parking oh, lots, right? It started at the beginning of the week. Yeah, and they refer to it as RV City. RV City, And yep. you have one side of the quote-unquote street Georgia fans and the other side Florida fans, and I guess some of the RVs and the colors and the tailgating are pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. Have you been? Have you been down there and seen that? I have not been recently. Yeah. It was years ago when I first experienced the Florida Georgia. Oh my gosh! What it was, guys. Some of the Georgia fans I remember they were like howling and all this stuff and the, the Georgia it is, bulldog hooting and everything. Yep, it uh, is crazy. It's, it is amazing, but I have not been recently. No, but, neither have I, but hopefully people will <laughs> behave, themselves, behave and, themselves. And I think most years 
the vast, vast majority of interaction is friendly. It they they it jab is. each it other, is. but it's friendly. It's fun. People have a great time, and uh, it's a great tradition. And I know there's some question now about possibly moving the game out of Jacksonville. Right? It's been I don't know how many years it's been in Jacksonville, but since I've been here, which is '98, and I know it was here before then. So it's a great tradition for the city, and hopefully Jacksonville hopefully it can, stays. can yeah, work I it think out. It what makes it such a special rivalry. Rivalry, but uh, I just heard the number, and I can't remember it now. How many years it's, it's been? Yeah, a long time. It it's has been, been a long time, and it's yeah. I think the, I think they had the Georgia Florida Hall of Fame dinner last night, or even event today. I just heard Tim Tebow being interviewed oh, on the radio. Oh, you heard that too. I heard it too. In. Yeah, yeah. Tim yeah. was uh, there. Yep. Yeah. Boy, time flies. I my kids were at Nice High School at the same time Tim was there playing, so I got to see him play a lot of games in high school. And I just remember, that seems like yesterday, and it was so much fun. And I grew up in a small town that didn't have football. And so I never really, in a small town in Massachusetts, north of Boston, and our high school was too small for football. So I never grew up with that whole Friday night football experience. And so to have one of my sons play, but also to be able to see Tim play, when Nice That's had cool. those great teams, was a great experience for me personally. Well, so. I believe Doug is down there with uh, this afternoon with his well, one of his daughters. That's right, and yeah, and they got. That's right. Uh, That's I think he said twenty students, maybe got from their school, got invited down, and was gonna. They were gonna get to meet him. That's right. There was yeah, some yeah, kind was of a exciting. contest or something, and Rachel. Doug's daughter uh, was involved yes, with that, it was right? Rachel, yeah. And and she's going to get to be down there and see Tim. And, That's uh, pretty cool. That, I, I, although although Doug may be a little more starstruck than Rachel. <laughs> we know Doug. Yeah. Man crush. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Tim, we were talking about this. Doug and I on Wednesday. Tim has walked the walk. He has he, he has is. walked with the Lord. He has been a great example for people, and um, everything that he has kind of. He's such a public figure. That's a tough place to be, Did right? Did you hear what he's he, he's got his new book out called Mission Possible and it's to know you have a mission and you know it's possible, but he also said he's coming out with a, a new devotional. I did not I, know that. No. I think he said November 8th possibly it's okay. coming out. Okay. He's really excited about that to be able to come out with that. So I I just heard that driving in today that yep. uh He's coming out with a new devotional, so I look, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to watch, and it's been fun to see and really cool to just to see. Again, not that I knew him well, I got to know his dad a little bit a few years ago, uh, but but having watched him from the time he was 16 years old, uh, addressing parents at Nice pep rallies in the parking lot of, <laughs> of the old Bogey Grill down there oh in Ponte Vedra, right to through his high school and college career and to see what he did on the football field, but more importantly, to see what he's done in the kingdom. And just that he continues to do that, and he continues to be such a great and, role. And to have him here locally, right. I think that's really great for our city, really too, cool. Jacksonville. It's, uh, really it's exciting cool. what yep. he does for a community. So. He does, it is. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Of course, the other big thing coming up, uh, we don't, uh, you know, we try not to get overly political here, but we know Election Day is coming up, mm-hmm. midterm elections, a lot of important races coming up uh, to be decided on November 8th. Uh, of course, governor's races here in Florida, Senate races, uh, congressional races, uh, you know, and, and a lot at stake, right, in, in, for the direction of the country. And 
Early voting is open now in Duval and in St. John's County, I think in most counties. So we would encourage people to take advantage of that if you're not going to be able to vote on Election Day. I'm definitely a traditionalist. I mm-hmm. like voting on Election Day. Um, and like we said, I, I we don't get overly political here, but I would, and I know Doug would encourage folks to do your research. Find out what's going on with these candidates, what they stand for. Uh, we are voting for flawed human beings. We know mm-hmm. that, just like we are. Um, but we want to uh, try to vote in line with uh, positions candidate takes uh, candidates take that are that are most in line with what we would consider to be biblical principles, right? And 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 men and women who uh, at least uh, you know recognize recognize God. Yeah, you know, being being a senator or a congressman, being a Christian is not a requirement. But it certainly is um, something that, as believers, we want to look at and and, and make informed decisions. And and to add to that, I think one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is our free will and our freedom to choose. And I I think, you know, when we talk about exercising our right to vote and all that stuff, I think it stems back to that that gift from God that he gave us that freedom— to, to make a choice. Yeah. And we see that in all dimensions of life, and we're going to see that in the Scriptures today. But here's a great opportunity for us to uh, follow our hearts and and uh, just make that those choices as God would you know, convict us, you right. know, convict our heart. But. Right. And we know, without getting into a lot of them, you and I were talking before we came on the air, there are just so many things going on oh. culturally and politically and— um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's a good time to be talking about Paul in Athens, right? We, we, we saw that in Athens, Paul saw that the city was full of idols, right? He, he was up against it, too. <laughs> and and, and we, are, we are seeing that. And it seems like it's – I know it's always been going on. Our, our pastor likes to quote Ecclesiastes where it says there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> you know, stuff's been going on for time and memoriam, but uh, it just seems like – over the past few years, all of these issues have just exploded at a at a more rapid pace than they have in the past. So we, as as citizens and more importantly as believers, I think do have a, an obligation to to vote and exercise that freedom, like you talked about. And while we're on the uh, what's happening today, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I encourage everyone to look out for opportunities. To serve, I know there's a couple of ministries I'm a part of where serving some of our street friends, people that don't have a home, don't have places. Mm-hmm. I know there's a couple of dates coming up or early November where there's opportunities to serve our community. So another great way to put God on display and to uh, love and serve our neighbors. As we talked about, you know, men's ministry, we do it with everybody else in mind. Mm-hmm. We do it with uh, serving hearts, humble hearts. And so I just encourage everybody to Check your Facebooks. Look for those opportunities to uh, serve our community. And for those that um, may not have, they may be really struggling through these times. We know how the holidays are coming up and can trigger certain things. So yeah, that's a uh, great, I encourage us for that one. Yeah, that's a great reminder. And we know people do tend to struggle emotionally more mm-hmm. around, and spiritually more around the holidays, especially if they're uh, in need or missing loved ones or whatever it is. So great reminder. We're going to take our first break here on SWAT Radio. We are glad you're with us. When we come back, we're going to be continuing to look at Acts chapter 17, verses 22 to 34, and 
and, and look at it maybe from a little different perspective and with some different questions in mind than what we've been going over uh, on the prior days this week. So come on back after the break here on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, You've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray, along with Bob Grauman, another uh, SWAT brother. Here today we are in for Doug McCary and, and Brad Sykes, who is typically in with Doug. Um, and we are uh, glad to be here and thankful for the opportunity and uh, wish Doug and Brad uh, well at whatever they're doing today. We know Brad is with family and with a grandson who is facing some medical issues, so we want to keep Brad and his family in our prayers uh, and also, as Bob said, Doug is with his daughter today, getting to spend some great time with her uh, down uh, at, at the stadium prior to the Florida-Georgia event. And I know uh, Tim, as you mentioned, Tim Tebow's involved with the uh, activity that Doug's daughter is is getting to be a part of. I forget exactly what it is. I'm sure Doug will tell everybody about oh, it next week. Well. But, uh, but uh, we're glad that the, they're getting to do that. So. Bob, like we were talking about uh, before the break, we have been looking at Acts uh, chapter 17, verses 22 to 34, and uh, Doug has gone over that this week um, with with his teaching. Uh, again, same teaching that he has provided in the various SWAT studies. Um, and today, uh, what, what again, for the last, I don't know, four or five Fridays, what Brad and I have been trying to do is look at the same text and taking into account the things that uh, that Doug taught, but but looking at it uh, from the perspective of asking four questions or as a guide to kind of take us through the text. And and the idea of that, and Brad really articulated this well a couple of weeks ago, the idea is that if we're studying individually or we're, we're trying to uh, disciple someone, you know, sometimes it can be a little intimidating trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I do this? Mechanically, uh, you know, what's the structure I can use 
to to do this. And I think some, you know, for for a lot of us, that can be a little bit intimidating. And so the idea here is to um, use these questions, and I'll, I'll go over those in a minute, as a structure for ourselves to to make notes and and help us. Uh, develop our understanding with, the, of course, with the Spirit's guidance of, of what the passage is saying. But also it's a great way if we're discipling someone else to uh, structure the time with that person and to have them in advance kind of work on these questions so mm-hmm. that when the two of you get together to go through the passage, you both can can reflect on, on your answers to the questions. And, and the questions are essentially – um, number one, what jumps out at you from the text? So whatever text you're reading, what immediately grabs your attention, jumps out at you, stands out, however you want to put it. That would be number one. Number two would be, uh, with whom do you most identify in the text and, and why? Um, usually when we read a passage, there are there's at least one person being talked about. So I guess if it's only one person being talked about in the passage, it's it's kind of easy to say who you identify with, but uh, but you know who do you identify with? And again, it just gets you thinking about the passage maybe in a little different way. Then thirdly, what does the passage teach us about God, and what does it teach us about people? Um, and then finally, so what? So what, <laughs> David? How, how do we live so differently what? as a result of of being in God's word? A great question. And Bob, I know you've so. got you've got uh, a similar structure right on those questions oh, yeah you, i think use this before yeah for sure I, first of all i love i love the whole the whole body of work of acts written by luke as we know and it just captures discipling in so many ways when you think about starting the church and just you know we're in act 17 now but all through the season of how paul built into others he had to go out and you know make new believers and Washington, well, may, but you know, foster and nurture yeah. new believers. Sure. How did he do that? And I think, you know, a couple of the phrases I use, like, well, what hit you? You know, sometimes what hit you? That first, you know, what grabbed you? And and who do you identify with? That's a class. It's always so good when you're discipling. And usually, we're learning the most when we're discipling someone. Right. You, you agree with me, David? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I learned the most, man. It's like this is. That's why I actually motivates me to go to site because I know I'm going to grow in the same time. And I'm always going to ask, even when I'm alone or with, with someone, what does God want me to see about him? As you said, what do we learn about God? What does he want me to see about me? Yeah. What glasses should I be wearing about God and about me? And then what do I got to do about it? Right. All right. That's always the hard one. It's like, okay, I don't want to get to question number four because that was when I actually have to respond. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, another great R words, you know, what do you recognize and respond to, you know? So right. all these things all tie together. These are all great yeah. little discipling tips, but, you know, don't miss that point. It it grows us, too. Yes. And, and nothing, that is so cool. There's nothing like teaching to learn the scriptures. Uh, when you teach it because you want to be prepared and um, you want to make sure. Now, the Bible talks about that. If your teacher more's going to be expected of you, right? Be, that's right and um and you don't want to you don't want to get anything wrong i mean one of the things that i pray about uh, sometimes quickly right before i come in is god don't let me say anything that isn't true oh gosh yeah don't let yeah. me say anything that is not according to your word and so you're right when we have to teach it we learn it the best and and to your point about making disciples you know i've been great at so often in my life at <clears throat> 
absorbing the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Learning it, whether it's Doug's teaching or, or somebody else's or, or reading this book. or I, I've been great at absorbing things and learning, and I like the academic aspect of it. But I've often been lousy at then going out and doing something with mm-hmm. it and, and making disciples. And, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but when you go, to, I've been to Israel on Doug's trip, and one of the things you learn about the Dead Sea is it's dead because there's no outflow from it. There's there's water coming into it from but the no Jordan River, but out. there's no outflow. Nothing and that makes out. it dead. And And that is a great picture and reminder, I know to me, of – Okay, I'm, I'm learning these things. God's teaching me these things. God's changing me. What am I doing about it? It's not meant to be kept to myself. And so that's a convicting, uh, like you said, last yeah. question. So uh, what? What, what, so are you gonna, what? what are you going to do? Like, so what? That's a great scripture, you guys. Great radio program. Like, so what? Exactly. <laughs> you know, did it change anything? You that's, know? Right. that's right. Uh, that's right. Well, My favorite question. Let, let me go ahead, and I'm going to read the passage here from Acts, and then we'll start to dig into these questions that we're talking about. Maybe we'll get to this first one before the break and then come back and, and, and go through the rest of the questions. So I'm going to read from Acts 17, uh, verses 22 to 34, uh, if you have your Bibles at home. If you're in the car, just listen. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to read. Starting with verse 22 of chapter 17. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for... In him we live and move and have our being, and, even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So... Uh, Bob, Doug mentioned in, in one of the cl- studies or classes that Abraham Lincoln called this one of the greatest, if not the greatest speech of all time. Abraham Lincoln was a pretty good speech giver. Pretty good judge of... <laughs> <laughs> but man, there is just so much in this, right? So so much. This is rich, 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 rich. So it's, it, it was tough for me 
on that first question of what jumps out at you to pick just one thing. So I didn't. I picked a bunch of things. Yeah, it's, it's always hard to pick one, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But go ahead. What, what jumps out to you going by that first question uh, in the text? Well, what jumped out at me? I think the big thing I think that hit me the most is Paul knew who he was. He knew that he was the son of Christ. He was not the son of the, this world. He was not the son of the culture. And and he was intentional. Like when he begins, so standing, I mean, that's probably very intimidating to be standing amongst this group in, in one of the most epic or, or arenas. Right. You know, right. And, and what he did was he knew his purpose. He knew his intention and he perceived and he observed mm. he had the he wasn't intimidated and cowering he was i'm looking and i'm reading the room <laughs> i'm reading the people and i'm reading the environment yeah and that's how he starts yeah and I, we pick yeah. up from there i had something similar that 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 Sometimes we read passages in scriptures. I don't know if you're, if you're like me in scripture, where they become familiar, right? They're familiar, and so I tend to not think about the overall context of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And and in this case, Paul's been run out of Thessalonica and Berea. He gets on a ship. He's by himself. He, All by himself. He, he gets dropped off in Athens, which is the basically the capital of the world, right? But he doesn't feel sorry for himself. Nope. Now, maybe he did, but he didn't let that stop himself. Stop him. He stayed on mission, to your point. He, he observed. He walked around. He saw the idols. He engaged, right? And remember from Doug's lesson a few weeks ago, he's seeing with divine eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's engaging with a divine message, right? And we're going to build on that we as are, we come back. You from took break. the words right out of my mouth. We are going to build on those two points right yeah. after the break. We are coming up on our break at the bottom of the hour for the news here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844 777 7928 if you have a comment or question. We'll be right back. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you are with us. David Gray and Bob Grauman in for Doug. McCary and uh, Brad Sykes, who's gone for a couple of weeks with family, and we are glad you're with us as always. We are looking at Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 34, and we just got into our first kind of uh, uh, study question of uh, what jumps out at you about the text, and we were, Bob and I were talking before the break about um, the fact that Paul uh, stayed on mission, despite the fact that he was in a, 
a very strange city to mm-hmm. him. He was very far from home. He, he, he wasn't with anybody that he knew, but, but he saw the situation with divine eyes and he, he engaged the Athenians with a divine message. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where we left off. Um, that that Paul did not shy away from these things, but he but he stayed on point. And Bob, I know during the break you were bringing up some things that you noticed further about what jumped out at you in this. Yeah, I mean, when we when we before the break, I was touching a little bit on identity. That how he approached this intimidating situation, and even later in the text, in verses twenty eight and twenty nine, he talks about indeed we are his offspring. Being then God's offspring, Paul knew who he was. He knew that he was a son of God, and God's got my back. So it just helped him overcome that. And so I think as men today, and where we see our culture going, if we don't know our if we don't know our identity, then we're gonna struggle. We're gonna be confused. We're gonna. And where do we find our identity? It starts, I am a son of Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm not a son of the culture. I'm a daughter of Christ. I'm not a daughter of the culture. And you could see how Paul also knew he was on mission. Mm -hmm. What is his mission? To share the good news of the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ, right? He reads the room. They're scholars. These are people that know the stuff, right? They know this stuff. So when he looks at what is going around when he's reading the room, He's focused. He's not reading what they're wearing and what. No, he's reading with the spiritual divine eyes for that God connection. How can I connect Mm. to this room of scholars, believers, whomever? And where do his eyes go? He goes to the altar. All the stuff, all the junk they've been um, making. And they see this inscription the unknown God. His eyes are looking for that. And who's the unknown God? That's the one. They had all these gods, all the Greek, all the all the mythology, but they had this unknown god, the one. Yep. Like just cover my, you know, what in case I miss something, yeah. we got the unknown one. He's like, I know who that one is. Exactly. And boom, he is now a purpose plan, and, and he had a plan for this. He yeah. knew where he was going to go, but he had to find the point, yeah. the bridge, and from there. He launches into what Abraham, you know, many of us, this is a great, yeah. and how he, as disciples of the carrying the message to the world, yeah. he, look what he does. I mean, he just goes, God doesn't live in the temples. Yeah. Um, he's for the man, kind of everyone. I love I love it. From one man, he made every yeah. nation. Yeah. Well, that yeah. gets back to your point of that Doug taught earlier in the week about building a bridge, right? Building this, a bridge. This relational gospel presentation, if you will, and, and being able to find that commonality because everybody has spiritual issues in their life, whether they know it or not, right? We were built that way. Exactly. We were built to have them. Exactly. And, you know, Doug gave the example – um, whether this past week or the week before, of you know having someone uh, ask him about his marriage. I think the I think the example was that somebody said, "Are you ever bored in your marriage?" Right. And Doug saw that as a bridge. Doug saw that as a way to engage this person with the gospel message. But he didn't. But he built on that. He talked about himself. He talked about his own. You know that that he has had problems in his life. But 
and then you can lead into, but here's what God did for me, right? Uh, I, I'm just like you, but God is the difference. God God this did, did this for me. And so you described it perfectly that Paul did the same thing here. He saw an altar to the unknown God and said, okay, that's a way for me to engage these folks at a level that they're already kind of at, you know, with all these exactly. with all these idols. And, and, and I, you know, we talked about the guy we identified with, you know, um, I identify a lot with Paul now, but I can't tell you my whole life I would have said that because, right. uh, you know, learning the preparation to have a purpose and a plan. When we go back the way in the beginning of Acts and when the first church was starting, they were not sent out. They had to study and they had to prepare before they went out. So there's what we're doing today, what we do in our study, and we are preparing to um, have that message, and when we're ready to go be present and to go build that bridge, God is going with us. Yes. And we are trained to look for that opportunity. Yep. When we get that question, so how's your marriage? How are you doing with that? I always say, I'll always find a way. Yep. But I didn't, I didn't do that when I was 20. Right. Right. 25 or 30. Well, that also goes I back grew, yeah, yeah, that goes back to Doug's points about from the earlier in the chapter about about living boldly, speaking biblically. Well, mm-hmm. how do we speak biblically to your point? We we're trained. We got to learn. Yeah, we learned. We're trained. We read it. We're in it. Doug had that staggering quote of or statistic of supposedly 90% of men identifying themselves as believers as Christians spend less than an hour a year reading the Bible. It's amazing. And and how are and that you know that's something that um, we'll talk about here a little bit more in a minute. But the the other thing that that Doug pointed out and that I noticed, although I might not have noticed it if Doug didn't bring it up, Paul does this. This whole he he takes them through God's plan from creation to salvation. It's amazing. Without quoting a scripture, a scripture. verse. No. And without mentioning Jesus by name. Without mentioning any of the, quote, law and prophets, right, he doesn't mention any of that. In fact, he uses, like you said, he uses their poets and their writings mm-hmm. to kind of turn things around on them. And and wh- the way he, in, in how he does this, he turns their way of thinking using their own language. He turns it upside down or he turns it on its head flips it, yep. because here they are. They are the kings, right, of temples made to gods. They are the kings of building idols. And and yet, what does Paul say? God doesn't live in temples, as you pointed out, made by men. No. And he doesn't need anything from us. If he's given us everything, then how could we possibly give him or have the ability to give him anything that he needs? He doesn't need anything from us. So that's really kind of a... A shot at them, at their way of thinking and at their way of worshiping. And then also he says in verse 26, he made from one man I love that. all the nations. And you know, I got this from my, because I always joke, I haven't had an original thought since 1976. But, I haven't either, so I'm but, right with you. But in the commentary here, you know, that was a blow to their national pride because oh, Greeks yes. felt like everybody who's a non-Greek is a barbarian. So to hear that God doesn't show partiality or favoritism and that he created everyone equally and and we're all in the same boat, equally needing his grace and mercy and salvation in Jesus. And that's 
that's really a shot at their way of thinking as well. So, so I know those things kind of, uh, kind of stood out to me, and that was stood up, yeah. You know, and um, and and also one other thing, uh, and and I had to look this up, and maybe somebody else has this question, just a a textual question. In verse thirty, Paul writes, "The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent." Other translations say, "God." overlooked previous sins, right? And you think, well, wait a minute. How does God overlook sin? Well, and Doug explained this well, too. It means God withheld judgment, if you will. He withheld his full anger and judgment on sins in the past. But now that Jesus has come and he's appointed the one man, the message Paul gives is clear. There is a day of judgment coming, and God commands repentance or face that judgment on our own. And I believe in, in John 15, 18, I'll paraphrase it a little bit, maybe I can look it up. But, you know, but Jesus said, you know, he said, and now that we have heard, now we have no excuse. Mm. And I think that ties in that there was a time where we're preparing for the Messiah. Now Jesus has come, and it has been said, you now know it, you now have heard, as as Doug reminds us, we you know no no one has to they gotta hear the gospel. We have to say the words, but once they have heard, yep. there's no more excuse. Right. And I think that's another reinforcement of what Paul's this is what he was taught from Christ, yep. and that's in John fifteen eighteen through twenty two. And to build upon that, uh, that's what he's saying. Yep. That their ignorance has been overlooked. You did maybe you never heard this before, yep. but now you have. Right. And now it's time. So what? As, as Are a, you going to make a choice? Right. right. As an aside, I, I remember a story Doug told. And th- this is such a Doug story, right? But the story of being on an airplane and talking about the gospel to the two, I think it was a couple of fairly young adult women mm-hmm. sitting next to him and talking about the gospel to them. And I think he literally said to them when he left, Maybe maybe he said it with a smile on his face, but we know he was serious. Well, I'm sorry, but now you're accountable. <laughs> and, the, and that's the idea that, you know, when, when people hear, right, and that's what Paul is getting at here, God, it, it doesn't say God suggests that everyone repent. God commands oh, right. everyone to repent. And, um, boy, that's powerful language. And, of course, of course, we'll get to this in the next segment, but that is the closeout of what we've been talking about a lot also, which is having a, 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 a gospel message in a structured way, right? God's purpose, our, our problem, God's solution or provision, and our response. And that's the scripture in this particular text right there that, that demands a response, that it's not enough just to hear about Jesus and know about him and maybe give some kind of mental assent, but there has to be a, a true response from each person. We are coming up on our last break of the day. Boy, the time flies. I always say fastest hour of the day, right, is the day that that we're in here. But we are coming up on our last break. We're going to come back and continue to look at these questions and this text in Acts. Give us a call if you have any questions or comments at 844-777-7928. We would love to hear from you. And we will be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Bob Graman with you today on SWAT Radio, in for Doug and Brad. And we are glad to be with you and glad you're with us. Um, we just finished kind of going through the first question. We could stay on that question for another two hours. But the question of um, uh, what jumps out at us about the text here in Acts 17, 24 to 32, uh, actually 22 to 34, sorry, and we want to move on now to our next question with, and Paul and Bob, you kind of started on this. Who do we identify with in this passage? And of course, you, you mentioned about identifying with Paul, but not always being that way. You know, we grow in our Christian life, and at, at different points, you know, we didn't necessarily uh, maybe identify with him. Uh, I'd like to think that I identify with him now. I, I want to be somebody who lives boldly and speaks biblically mm-hmm. and shares inclusively and suffers trustingly. I, I think uh, I'm up and down with that, if I'm honest about it. But the other characters in this text that I thought were worth mentioning were the folks that get mentioned right at the end, those who believed Paul, yeah. um, especially this this guy named Dionysius, who was a, a member of the Areopagus. And mm. that must have taken a lot of guts on his part to be part of that group and risk saying to Paul, I, I believe, and, and, and walking out with Paul and identifying himself with Paul and, and, and with what Paul had to say about the truth of who God is. So I, I thought that was somebody that I could, I, I hope I can be like that as well. Yeah, I definitely, you know, if, if I were to identify when I was younger, it would be the, the, the people in the audience. And as these folks may have been scholars, I may not have been a scholar, but I certainly was arrogant, and I certainly knew that I knew everything, and uh, I I had the answers, and there was a time in my life when I realized I don't, yeah, I don't, and yeah. uh, so you know we will hear from you again about this in verse thirty two. Yeah. We will hear from you again. It's that to me, it's that that salt and the light in the earth. We we want people to to catch that flavor. That yeah. uh, what do you what do you have? I want that. Yeah, I, I, and to entice an appetite. 
yep. for God and the things that we know is that hole that yep. is looking to be filled. Yep. So. Well, I think what Dionysius did and what Damaris did, the, the woman, yeah. to walk out in that circumstance. Think about today. We've been talking that so much, bold. and we see it all the time about people having to be, you know, people who are all in for Jesus, as Doug points out. I mean, you're going to come up against, increasingly in this country, we're coming up in situ, against situations where we kind of have to take a side. And, and we might be in a situation in this culture and in this political environment where it's going to be difficult um, to, to say the truth and say what we believe. And yet we're called to do that. And that's, again, where the sharing inclusively and then the trust, uh, suffering trustingly come in. And I think that's a really that Dionysius and Damaris here are really a, a great example of that, and uh, hopefully we can we can learn from them, uh, given the situations that we may find ourselves sure. in very quickly here. So moving on to our third question, uh, what does the passage teach about God, and what does it teach about people? Is there anything in answer? I, I'm sure you have a response to that question. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the whole capture of how Paul just summarizes, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, I think we want to know, just see that God is all providential, all knowing, all sovereign. I know that's probably redundant, putting all in front of all those words, but you you're, know, you're allowed that to, to, to understand and to, as us, I think. There's a couple words in there. Uh, in Him we live and move. In, in Him, you know that that means that we are under the authority of Almighty God, and that what is you want me to see about God and me? I'll uh, you know bring that together. Is that He's in charge? He's the Almighty God, and I need to be under His authority. Mm. I need to be fully surrendered to Him, so I could. I could bring now those two questions together about God and his people and that he is going to move in and through us. But that free will, we talked about earlier about choices. I need to make that choice. Yep. Are you my Lord of all? Yeah. And we've seen that earlier in Acts. Yep. Like Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And if I'm in him, I am under his authority. That's and right. so that's what I grab out of that. And I can grab my different phases in life when I didn't get God's authority. And then when I did, I still didn't get his lordship. Right. And then as I got his lordship, I became more of that messenger and more of that bridge. Yep. I became more of intentional about in the first verses. Yeah. What do I perceive? What do I look for? And am I always, always, always seeking an opportunity to bring the message yep. of the good news of life transforming uh, power of Jesus Christ. That's right. So, so to summarize what you just said, God will, God uses His people, and and the question is, are we going to be prepared to be used, and are we going to be yielded to to be used? And and you you know what? We're at, like you said, we're at various points in life, but I hope at this point in my life, I'm growing toward being completely, you know, willing to be used. And and that and that was the thing that that kind of I saw about God in this is. Everything you said about God, plus he will go wherever he needs to go to get his people, Amen. to bring people into go. his family. And, and you know, here's Paul in Athens. 
we know it wasn't by chance, and Paul knew it wasn't by chance, but the world might look at it as, oh, this guy just happens to be here. But God, there's no place he won't go, just like Jesus when he was on the earth. There's no place he won't go to retrieve his family and to bring them into the fold, just like the shepherd leaving the 99 and going and finding the one. So here's Dionysius and Damaris who are yeah. mentioned. We know there were others, but but there are these, maybe it was just a few people, but God considers them worth it to go after them. And, and there's no place that he won't go. Um, just very quickly, I probably told this story before, but again, in Israel, we, we, one of the places we visited was Caesarea Philippi. And Doug explained when we were there that at that time, in the day of Jesus, Caesarea Philippi was a, was a pagan center, a pagan worship center. And the disciples were probably thinking to themselves, why are we here? It would be like going on a church field trip to the Las Vegas Strip or something. I don't know, right? But why are we here? And and they were doing child sacrifice. There was all kinds of stuff going on there. And if there literally was a picture of a gate of hell on earth, right? But what I didn't know, you know how when you read Scripture, you read, well, they went to Capernaum and they went to Bethsaida and they went to Jerusalem. And you think, okay. And there's the scripture that says, while they were at Caesarea Philippi, it's where Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, it's where Peter confesses Jesus, and, and, and Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church, meaning Peter, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, they were in a place that was like the gates of hell on earth, and gates are meant to be defensive, and Doug's teaching was that this is, so that means the church is to be on offense. The church is to be offensive. And there's no place, the church, that God won't go through the church mm -hmm. to reach the lost and to reach people that are going to be part of his family. And God goes there Absolutely. through us. Absolutely. Through the building of bridges, right. through the carrying of the message, through the, the hands, the feet, and the voice right. of, of the living God and of the word. And it's just amazing, I think, to wrap up a little bit about what we study in Acts, what we started out in the beginning about discipling. You know, when we know who we are and we have that kind of that humble God swagger of bringing the message, we we have that confidence where we can celebrate the journey. Mm -hmm. We can celebrate, I shared it with you for the first time and you rejected it, but I'm still there for you when you're ready to come back. Right. I may move on, I may move to a different city, I may, but I am going to celebrate the journey of being the bridge, bringing the gospel, sharing it, and when God moves in a, someone's heart, we are so encouraged, yeah. and we don't let when they reject it beat us up. Right, we overcome it because we are God's messengers, we're God's build bridge builders, and that's what makes discipling so much fun. We talked about we learn more mm -hmm. uh, when we disciple. And then we're advancing the kingdom as we disciple uh, with those that next that yeah. other person, and that can help us from getting too discouraged. That yeah. can help us from getting beat up when we're getting beat up. Right, right. Well, while you were saying that, I was thinking about the fact just this simple line, right? That at the beginning of Acts, Luke writes to Theophilus, and he says, "In my former book, I began to describe. I began to tell you about all that Jesus began." to do mm -hmm. while he was on the earth. And Acts is the continuation of what Jesus is doing 
through his people, to your point. That's exactly what you're talking about. And that when we really try to get our heads around that, that that the God of the universe is allowing us to be part of his story, you know, that's that's pretty incredible. Well, the last question is, you know, so what, right? And I think we've kind of so we've kind of hopefully hit, we touched on we've that. hit on a lot of so what, but maybe just in our last couple of minutes to wrap up, you know, how do we live differently having been in this particular scripture and studying it? I think about like you said, being prepared to give an answer for the hope that's in we me, have, yeah. right? And 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 a lot of that just is practice. Um practicing doing it, knowing what the scripture says, um We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, next week. But going through Doug's outline of the gospel message, right, those four points, God's original plan of a perfect dependent relationship with us, our problem, which is sin, separates us from God, keeps us under his wrath, God's loving provision of Christ and his sacrifice for us and his resurrection, showing that his sacrifice was acceptable, and then our response. Those four points are a great way to structure a gospel presentation, but I do think we need to be ready to give that we do. hope. And I, I like, we were taught by Rick Brackett, there was a time in my life before I had Christ and a time in my life after. And that's our story about how he transforms our lives. So. That's right. That's right. Well, that's a great way to end our, our program today. We really appreciate you being with us. We are going to take a break for the weekend. Hope you all have a great weekend. And we will be back on Monday on SWAT Radio. Hope you'll join us. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 